Welcome to Cosmic Halitosis. I'm Temba. And I'm Genevieve. And this is our first podcast, so we want to give you guys a little information about who we are and what we do. We are a newlywed couple. We are non-monogamous, kinky. We met on OkCupid about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we quickly decided that we wanted to commit to each other and one another's growth and expansion as individuals and decided also we want to do a podcast together. Definitely. We've got a very wide uh, array of interests that we're interested in talking about. Um, So some of the things that we're thinking that we will hit on the podcast are talking about science, spirituality, kink, sex, relationships, uh, radical self-reliance, civil disobedience, uh, exploring consciousness, culture, art, technology, and anything else that comes up and strikes our fancy. Yeah, which is a lot of things. We talk a lot. So, yeah, we might be all over the board. <laughs> Just to give you guys a little background about who we are as individuals, um, I was raised in the Northwoods of Minnesota. I was raised out in the the deep country, um, sort of, I guess my parents weren't hippies so much as they were homesteaders, but they, I think, had a dream after reading uh, Thoreau's Walden of going out, building their own house, growing their own food, and kind of trying to live off the grid and with the government out of their business. So I kind of come from those sort of folk, and I think that's influenced a lot of who I am as much as I've tried to uh, disavow it over the years. I realize it's actually a pretty (laughs) cool way to be. So I grew up eating roadkill, you know, eating food out of the garden. I went to a Christian one-room schoolhouse that my mother started when I was in her womb. She had decided to start a Lutheran schoolhouse, which was kind of cult-like and small and scary. And learning and unlearning a lot about, I guess you could call it programming of Christianity, has been a big part of my life. And uh, in my adulthood, I really, adult, young adulthood, college, I guess high school, college, and onwards, I found that performance art and um, sort of guerrilla art, interventionist art, were modes of expression that really fit, fit me in terms of expressing who I was as an individual and who I believed in. And I've had a lot of joy being able to share those performances and expressions uh, all over the world. And that's where I am today and now I'm very excited to share share those expressions and share that creative life with my partner Temba. Yay! Who are you Temba? (laughs) Uh, I'm first generation. My dad's from Trinidad and Tobago. My mom was born in New Hampshire. Uh, So yeah, I had an interesting uh, upbringing kind of combining those two fields. Uh, Both my parents were uh, I guess not really hippies because they were a little too young, uh, but kind of, uh, I hate to say new age, but very kind of like alternative hippie upbringing. I was homeschooled until middle school, um, lived all over the country. I think I lived in like three or four states in another country before I was 10. Uh, my mom was a very hardcore vegetarian. Like if I ever went to someone's house, they were told not to give me sugar or yeah, any kind of treats. So I had a very like insulated upbringing, like didn't really know anything about American culture or pop culture in, um, that sense. So as I got older and now, uh, just talking to people, I'm kind of, it's interesting. I, I, 
developed a very unique point of view on like social norms and stuff like that um, just because of my upbringing was so bizarre compared to the mainstream I guess you could say um like Genevieve uh I discovered like a love for performing especially like experimental theater anything like the weirder the better um and studied that in college and have kind of done a little bit of it throughout growing up as an adult uh generally shy away from any kind of yeah like mainstream soul-sucking job type stuff so I've been fringe living (laughs) for most of my adult life um and I'm excited to figure out how to continue doing that with Genevieve and exploring how we can be our own true autonomous selves autonomous (laughs) how do how do you live an autonomous authentic life in this country the way in this world I guess really yeah it's hard Um, it's very difficult but we found each other which makes it easier I think yeah definitely to to have someone support you in that yeah that's key Mm -hmm. so this podcast is going to be kind of about um how we decided to get married to elope basically um and sort of create a ritual that symbolized our commitment to each other to supporting each other and um living together in support of each other for as long as that makes sense for us to do so we decided to do a podcast before we left for our elopement which we did in the yucatan peninsula of mexico um so we talked a little bit about what it was like before we left and then about a week or two weeks I think two weeks. Two weeks later, um, we recorded a second podcast about what the trip was like and how we were feeling in the married life. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we want to share on our first podcast. And yeah, I think maybe in between the two, we recorded some like jungle sounds. Maybe we'll play a mm-hmm. little bit of that, the bugs and birds tweeting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our first podcast. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy. Enjoy. So we're on the eve of doing a pseudo elopement. Pseudo elopement? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell everyone it's a pseudo elopement because I feel like an elopement is. uh, Where you you don't tell anyone. Exactly. And we kind of told everyone. Yes, we told everyone we were going to elope starting probably two weeks into our relationship. Yeah, something like that. I don't, did we start telling everyone that early? Everyone, pretty much. I started telling everyone except for my parents around that time. Oh. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. We decided to elope on our fourth... Well, we were joking about it on our fourth day. Temba was... We were walking down the street and Temba just looked at me with his big smile on his face and said, We're totally gonna elope. on our fourth date I think we'd been dating for like probably a week and a half at that point and you were like okay I was like we are and you were like yeah and then later in the night I opened up a magazine or something we were looking at 
phone or something, and there was pictures of those, of that, um, hot springs in Iceland. Oh, the big blue lagoon one? Yeah, and I was like, we're going to elope to there. Because I wanted you to know that I was open to the idea of eloping with you. Oh, I knew. (laughs) How did you know? I don't know, just based on your reaction. That I was smiling. Yeah. I wanted you to know that I would. And then I think we talked about it seriously, like a few days later, the next day or something. Something like that. That sounds about right. And we talked about what marriage or being married meant to us and if we were on the same page kind of yeah do you remember what we talked about not specifically whatever it was we were on the same page yeah (laughs) but yeah it's been an interesting ride because i feel like both of us have kind of non-traditional views on what being married is and that we really re- or what really resonated with me about it or, or, or talking with you about it was that yeah for both of us it seemed like it was something that we wanted to be about us and so many wedding celebrations seem like they're kind of like a spectacle for everyone else and seems like such a stressful situation for the actual two people that are supposed to be celebrated mm-hmm yeah, I definitely never had dreams of, like, a white dress and a wedding at any, t- at any <laughs> time in my life. I've always wanted a partner. I've always wanted, like, a companion to share my life with, but I never wanted any of the any of the accoutrement that went with the wedding ceremony thing. Um, so, and I always figured if I got married, it would have to be with someone who, or I figured it would be an elopement. That's why when you said that, that's why I felt like that was a sign to your ears pricked up you're like oh it felt like you got it yeah because yeah i wouldn't have it any other way but so now we're doing it which is also really exciting because i love one of the things i love about our relationship is that we say we make these like plans and we always do them and i know that seems like a small thing but it's like i feel like Maybe I've just had a lot of experiences with people different times in my life who talk big talk and don't actually get things done, you know? Yeah. So I, so I appreciate that we're, we've gone through the process of really doing it 10 months or maybe, yeah, probably 10 months since we first talked about it. Yeah. Under a year, uh, less than a year uh, from when we first started dating. It's tomorrow. We're starting tomorrow. Starting. Um, Should we talk about our what the plan is? What our trip plan is? Or do you want to talk more about how people have perceived it? Should we pause this? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what kind of what kind of reactions have you got about it? That that has been pretty interesting, at least for me to see. Um, uh, it's ranged. I've had a lot of friends that are super happy for me, if not maybe disbelieving. Like, yeah, you're like, especially early on when I first talked about it, no one was like outright like, yeah, but maybe they didn't like take it that seriously or whatever, you know, because that's very like, or maybe that's just how I perceive it, that maybe people didn't take it that seriously, but I knew it was real and that we were really going to do it. Um, 
I had one friend tell me that I had to wait six months before I decided to do it, <laughs> which I didn't listen to. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I guess I, uh, I've had some people when I told, when I talked to Carrie about it yesterday, she cried a lot, I think out of happiness and like recognizing that it was possible to find someone who shares your vision of partnership, you know? Yeah. What about you? You've talked to a lot of people about it from driving, right? Yeah. Just randomly. A lot of, I feel like a lot of, one thing I noticed a lot of guys that I've talked to about yeah it just being us um have overwhelmingly been like that's so cool i wish i could do that or i i want to do that like just totally on board with it um yeah i don't know i guess the the whole wedding thing in our culture is pushed so much as like i guess this big day for the bride Mm -hmm. You're my bridezilla. I am bridezilla. <laughs> <laughs> we had a joke that Tembo was bridezilla when we were having the rings designed that were having made. Yeah. But it was a joke. You're not a bridezilla. Mm, yeah, I don't think I really am a bridezilla, but... You're more perfectionistic than I am. I just... I don't know. I just wanted to see something specific, and I, I was just... Yeah. Well, just we could, a joke. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting, our ideas in marriage, because, like, you have very... Like, your parents' marriage is obviously unique. Your mom's second marriage sounds like it was unique, you know? Yeah, I think both of them. Um, I guess backstory, my parents had an arranged marriage through a cult. They were in the Moonies, if anyone knows what that is. But you can Google it, of course. Um, but they were, like, one of the things that made them, I guess, gave them headlines is that they would do these mass weddings where, like, hundreds of people would get married at once um which is also uh yeah kind of interesting because like i told my dad super early like i t- told both of my parents like basically like, the week right, of right yeah basically yeah. like yeah within a week or two of us deciding it and yeah like t- a week or two ago i get this like voicemail from my dad he's like oh, you're getting married Oh, you forgot you had family, blah, 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 blah. And, like, I've had at least three conversations with my dad directly talking about it. And, like, I don't know if he's getting old and, like, forgot about it. But I know one of the times he definitely, like, definitely he was, like, oh, well, something, something about your family. I was, like, well, we'll probably, we're going to do, like, a uh, party and invite friends and family, like, after we do our own thing. And he's like, oh, okay. And, but yeah, in this voicemail, he's seemed perturbed that, that, uh, he wasn't invited or something like that or, yeah. Well, a lot of people have had that reaction. A lot of people have been like, I want to come or like, oh, I'm going to, cause initially we were going to go to Iceland. So we were telling people, cause that was just like the first thing that we had said. And then we were going to do it. Um, people kept being like, oh, I'm just going to show up there. Everyone wanted to invite themselves to our wedding. Because it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people consider marriage to be the joining of families. That it is actually, because that's traditionally what it was, it was about the joining of families and family property, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I think overwhelmingly more about yeah, ownership. joining property. Ownership not, and, yeah. Because, yeah, back in the day, like, 
kings and queens and shit and like they didn't get married for love they got married for combining fucking mm-hmm. lands and armies and I mean, solidifying uh what's it called bonds uh, and uh, not bonds but uh allegiance or yeah. alle- allegiances allegiances allies yeah <laughs> um yeah so it's interesting that your dad said that too because the moody cult thing was obviously a super non-traditional thing the mass wedding yeah, and I don't think any of his family was there for that. Right. My parents did a thing where, like, my mom had her her side of the family, a super traditional big Lutheran church wedding, but then they also had their alt wedding or whatever, which was my dad's kind of crazy um, boondocks friends uh, who are all part of this thing called rendezvous culture, which was like a, um, I think, 1820 and earlier reenactment group society historical reenactment society that did like 1820 is that right i think it was like that um or is it 1800 and earlier i can't remember but it's like french voyageur trapper trader reenactment thing so they did like a big thing where everyone was wearing like buckskins and fired off cannons and they got married on a tree stump wearing like uh leather animal skins (laughs) animal skins which is cool i like i always said that was nice that they kind of like had their party wedding but then they also did the thing that they were supposed to do, according to the one family. Um, but we also talked a lot about, like, when we were designing the... We're kind of talking about the ring and, like, the significance of the ring and, like, the tradition behind that. We had a lot of discussion about, like, what that signifies, which I think is, like, relating r- relates to this idea of, like, marriage traditionally being the joining of families, which is, like, not, not really what we're thinking about when we're thinking about this. You know? Or at least I'm not. I'm not thinking no. of it as, like, the Aline clan plus the Beliveau clan come together. That's just not... No. <laughs> it's just not what it's about to me, I guess. And I think maybe part of that is because that concept is, like, steeped in so much of, like, what I don't believe in and you don't believe in. Which is just this, like, kind of, like, pre, like, pre-capitalistic thing that people did of, like, marrying to, yeah, join, join their whatever property together and then the ring too was like a thing of like owner ownership of the woman little bondage hoop yeah i already have a collar so i'm i'm good (laughs) (laughs) we already have that and we have it laid out very specifically (laughs) but i like that we're gonna both have rings that's what i decided was like important when we were having those discussions yeah, I wanted I wanted a fancy ring too. Like traditionally, men don't really get like weddings. Kind of suck for a dude. Yeah, you, just you don't ha- get you a dress. A you don't get a you you get a ring, but it's just like this plain fucking band. Yeah, you don't get an engagement ring. I guess, but yeah, ours are both kind of fancy esque engagement style. Yeah. They both have like a rock on, or yeah, a, a rock. Which, yeah, opals are rock, but, like, it has, like, a prominent, like, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty stone on it. Well, a lot of what I, I've always thought, too, is, like, because I'm a performance artist and I'm always kind of, like, creating these dream scenarios for myself to act out, I always felt like weddings were this, like, way for people and, like, specifically women to, like, act out and create these, like, fantasy scenarios where they got to like be the star of this show you know Mm -hmm. so it's like this weird mainstreamed like performance art event like it's steeped in tradition and there's all these different ways you can do it but I felt I've always felt like it's interesting where like if maybe if you're not like 
if you're you don't spend a lot of time creating or like doing per, like creating performances or have a create about like it's this like one like cumulative culminative like performance piece that you get to create that you get to star in yeah and i always thought that that's also i think why it never appealed to me because i was like why would i just do one of those (laughs) (laughs) you know when i can create those whenever i want to you know yeah and yeah not really a bridezilla no i'm the closest (laughs) you're a bridezilla semi-bridezilla bridezilla like what what about um you've had a couple people like say they want to come along or like uh i've only had one that i can think of um yeah i feel like most of the people that i've talked to have been like oh cool that's cool yeah yeah i think only yeah i only have one friend that was like i want to come i want to be there yeah um i feel like i've had a handful but like jokingly or like obviously they're not going to do it but it's like the i i think it's very curious and interesting because i guess i've never had i haven't been to i don't think i've ever been to a friend's wedding we were talking the other day about like weddings we've been to oh yeah yeah. neither of us have been to that many weddings yeah i've been to a handful like four and i've been to three if that way no there was let's see one i think yeah i think three i don't know why they just don't it just doesn't resonate for me like, I'm just not, like, I don't get excited. I don't get weepy. When I was a kid, I got really horny at a wedding once when they kissed. And I made the bride and groom kiss again so I could yeah. so I could feel horny again. One more. I told my mom, I was like, because I missed the kiss. Yeah. It was at one of the rendezvous weddings where they had, like, cannons firing and stuff. But I missed the kiss. I told my mom. And my mom went and told them that I missed the kiss and they should kiss again for me. <laughs> she facilitated my, my horned out, like, tingles in my... Private. And you're downstairs. Mix yeah. Because <laughs> kisses made me feel tingly. That's why I liked weddings as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I guess, the, yeah, the last wedding I went to, uh, yeah, it wasn't very, I was going to say, uh, I guess a big thing about weddings that for me is like the religious aspect, which is mm-hmm. not a part of my life really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my, the last wedding I went to wasn't very... I mean, it was, yeah, well, it wasn't super traditional. I mean, it was traditional in the sense that, like, they got up in front of everybody and said vows and, like, their own kind of vows. And, like, I was in the wedding party and there was, like, yeah, we were all up there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, it was, that was basically, like, a big party. Um, what was that like to witness that, though, to see someone who's, like, a close, like, a close friend go through that? ritual like I wonder I'm trying to like understand what a friend might feel like being left out of that like our friends who are like oh, oh I wish I was there like being a part of it what was that like? I mean I don't know I guess just because I have such non-traditional views like I would have been fine if I wasn't invited like I don't know there's I, there's plenty of friends I have that got married that yeah I wasn't invited to and th- this last one was a very I don't know how many people were there but it was fairly it was pretty small yeah um but, yeah. What was I it like to witness that, though? Like, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was cool, I guess. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I was mostly just happy for them because it was, that's what they wanted. And mm-hmm. they seemed very happy to have, like, this small intimate thing with all of their closest people around. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, for me, it's, like, I think people should do what they want to do if, like, that grandiose church thing with, like, a white dress is, like, what is really going to make you happy, whether that's, like, your societal programming or what you truly want. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, yeah, it's just, like, it's not for me. <laughs> Yeah. So we decided to do it our way. Yeah. Which we changed our plan. We were initially going to go to Iceland. And then once we had the money to choose where to go, Iceland seemed like not the best idea anymore. Yeah, we are going to lose like probably two days just traveling and time zone changes yeah, and all of that. Yeah, jet lag. Um, so... That and Iceland's way more expensive than where we're going in Mexico. So we're yeah. like, yeah, we're going to get them more more how, out of our time. How did we start looking at the Yucatan? I think you brought it up, right? What, what, e, what I don't you... remember. I know, yeah, we were, because we were also look, thinking about somewhere in Southeast oh, Asia, we like were Thailand. Looking up, we were looking up sacred sites. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We had, like, started by just being, like, okay, well, where's... Yeah, we were looking at Southeast Asia and, like, just trying to find places that were, like, sacred sites or, like, pagan sites, earth, like, yeah, earth-based, earth-based practice sites. Earth energy power zones. Yeah, vortexes, things like that. That's something that's important to us. Yeah, we wanted something. And then we also were thinking solstice or, like, should we do it on, like, a, like, a... Um, ritual calendar date thing. Yeah. So then so, we, we got to that eventually, I guess, because you were looking up at the Mayan stuff, right? And then you found the one pyramid that had this, like, snake shape that cast a shadow on the oh, e- yeah. equinox, I think. Chichen Itza. Yeah. Uh, the, I forget the name of the pyramid there, but, yeah, they have a, there's a shadow during the spring equinox that kind of, like, crawls down the steps of the pyramid and I can't remember the god that it signifies but it's like yeah the god is returning to the earth and we watched some videos of it and it was really it was really interesting fascinating yeah. like yeah phenomenon just like fucking the uh what's the word for it astro is it astro architecture I forget the word for it but I, I think I was listening to Graham Hancock or something they had a word for uh yeah the as- astronomically designed aligned. and oh. aligned building. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the, sh- the shadow that looks like the snake that's actually going down the side of the... So we were thinking pyramid. about like doing one of those sites, but then we thought it's going to be really touristy and crowded. Way too many people. How are we going to like find somewhere off to the side or off the beaten path that we could find? And then you found Calakamol. Yeah, which is an ancient Mayan city kind of in the south east of the Yucatan Peninsula, almost at the border of Guatemala. And uh, some article that I found was talking kind of about the history of it, where like how it was discovered, and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, archaeology going on there uh, because it's deep in the jungle and they had like a dirt road up until like the mid 90s when they first got a paved road and it's still a very small road so they couldn't get any big equipment out there until mid 90s and still it's like i guess kind of off the beaten path for most tourists so they yeah a few articles were reading saying you could 
very easily have the whole place to yourself. And right now, I think they, I want to say there's like 6,000 buildings there. I might be overestimating that. 600? No, it was in the thousands. What? That's crazy. It might be 3,000, but only like 10% of it is like excavated. So, so much of it. It's super thick jungle, right? Yes, a bunch of it is still in the jungle. Hmm. So that sounded really cool because we're both kind of nature freaks and ecosexuals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just being around the energy of this ancient sacred site and having all that mm-hmm. raw so jungle power near us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, so we planned our trip accordingly and we're doing the road trip down from Merida. Um, down along the east coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, spending a few days in Chetumal, which is just on the northern border of Belize. We'll probably go down into Belize, um, kind of spend some time on the beach before we get out to the jungle, and then get to Kalakmul and try to find a nice, quiet place on on one of the temples, probably. Probably, what do you think, the big one? I guess we don't know till we get yeah, there. Yeah, we won't know till we get there. But trying to kind of feel it out when we get there. Find a spot that feels right. And yeah. then we wanted to think about, like, what, how, I guess, I feel like it was a concern of, like, how to, like, honor the site and not just, like, kind of, like, go in there with, like, a colonial mindset and, like, take it over for our own aims, right? Yeah. So we're thinking of, I mean, it seems like a lot of the rituals were like bloodletting rituals or sacrificial rituals that they would do to honor the sun, which I think is the main like deity that the Mayans worshipped. Yeah, it's a very important one. An important, yeah, yeah because of the heart, like agri- agriculture and harvest and everything, right? Um, so we're gonna do some sort of bloodletting ritual. Um, and what else did we talk about? Um, something for the solstice we're still because it's going to be on the solstice yeah we're going to do it on the solstice that's what we kind of planned our trip around um yeah and then some words and then the one big thing that we were looking at when we were first this is probably a month into our relationship we found the heroes gamos a friend of mine had said when i she's probably one of the first people that i told that we were gonna elope because we had just I think just started talking about it and she had said like oh you have a sacred union or a sacred marriage or something and I think I hadn't heard that term before quite in that way and I mentioned it to you and then we started looking it up or did you look it up I think we both did yeah right? something and we came upon this uh heroes gamos uh ritual which is from some of my research said that it's like the oldest ritual that's been that is recorded so it's like the first recorded ritual and it's about the union of a god and a goddess or like back in the like um uh like pre uh temple i guess would you call it like temple culture priest priest priestess centered cultures (laughs) i don't know what to call it but like there was the sacred prostitute high priestess temples and like part of that ritual was um on certain dates during the calendar year solstices equinoxes and i think a a few other times the men would come in to have sex with the high priestess prostitutes and that was supposed to be like the symbolism of like man becoming god through this union with the priestess um 
But then there's more to the Heroes Gamos. Like, it has a bunch of different meanings, right? Yeah. What else did you I'm think? trying to think if I'm conflating stuff from the Sacred Cross and the Mushroom, but I think I saw, read something else of it as being, like, a physical enactment of uh, the... Yeah, like the sky and mm-hmm. the sky god and then Mother Earth. Um, or the sun and the moon is also one yeah. thing that I read. I think it's different in all different cultures. Yeah. Probably interpret it different. And then in some, I think it was also saying it wasn't even a sexual act per se, but it was like a union between like a divine force and the human. Hmm. Something that you could do within yourself through like meditation or like in uh, a lot of religious practices this idea of like ecstatic union that like nuns would have where they're like fucking god basically and they'd have these like um probably masturbation but like basically like orgasms that were like to them like symbolized like union with god seems like it's sort of related to the hero's commos idea yeah um, but yeah, so we're probably going to have sex on top of the temple. Right? Yeah, or somewhere, wherever we find... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sacred ritualistic sex. Yes. <laughs> and then what? Then we're going to be married. Yeah. Well, I don't. I always say we already are. You have always said that we are already married. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the feeling that I have. I mean... We're already... Yeah partners divine partners yeah mm-hmm. we also had a reading that your mom gave us that said we were married in another life yeah yeah and that we were a priest and priestess mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> with lots of kids too many kids way too like way more eight, kids I way think? more kids than <laughs> eight, about eight more kids than we'll ever have Okay, so I guess this is part two about our elopement. Yep, we're back. How long's it been? It's been like two weeks, almost two weeks tomorrow since we got back from Mexico. Solid two weeks. Solid you, two weeks. Do you feel like you've caught back up to real life? Yeah, I pretty much had to when I went into work. Everything just goes back to normal. Yeah. I feel like I was starting to, and then my car got smashed. Yeah, we've kind of had a rough week since we got back. With your car getting... Katemba's car got hit and run smashed in the middle of the night a few nights ago. Some drunk driver, sleepy driver or something, hit it, left their car there, and split in the middle of the night. Yeah. So that's been kind of sad and rough and hard adjustment I guess yeah and you hurt your neck and I slept on my neck weird and I've been like laid out the past few days um so it's interesting I feel like it was very like I don't know I felt very high on the excitement of our adventures and the excitement of our union and there's definitely I think a high associated with like sharing that on social media and like showing people and feeling the like support of a community too you know I don't know if you get that but I definitely get that yeah I mean yeah I don't know I feel 
Sorry, we have some sirens going by. We should have done this during the fireworks last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would have been awful. War zone background noise. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do feel that, that kind of, like, high. Um, but, I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, it's, like, added on to, I don't know, just every morning. Like, I usually wake up before you do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like this is awesome. I get to yeah. like, wake up next to my favorite person mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And yeah, now it's just like, whoa, we just did that th- crazy thing we both yeah. thought up of. and Yeah. I mean, that was such a profound moment for me on the day that we did our, our union ritual. I had gotten food poisoning the night before. I don't know what we ate or drank, <laughs> but I woke up in the middle of the night, very liquid, <laughs> just liquid in general, and uh, we were going to do the Calicamol the next day, so I had to, it was pretty, it was pretty rough. I was crawling up the the pyramid on all fours. Yeah. Tembo was helping me, holding, the- just holding my hand helped a lot. But it was pretty rough, uh, super humid out there, which added to it out in the jungle. And uh, you were such a trooper, though. Yeah, like... I mean, we were. It's like not like I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> like we did all this stuff to get to that point. I don't remember if we talked about this on the last segment, like kind of what our plan was for what we were gonna do about going to Kalakmul and doing our kind of ritual solstice union. Um, kind of earth honoring ritual that we wanted to do. Did we talk about that? Um, I think we kind of touched on it. I'm not sure if we, how specific we got, Mm -hmm. but. So for me, it was really emotional because I was already in this, uh, very vulnerable state being as sick as I was. Was it kind of like, was it kind of like hallucinatory trance It was very trance-like, um... Yeah, I mean, crawling up was just really crazy because I was having to stop at every level, basically, and take a breath and sit and lay down and just, like, I really felt like I was going to pass out. But uh, we got up to that one level on the... we w- There were two structures that we climbed, I think, right? Just two? Yeah, we climbed two of the major pyramids. Two of the major... So the, f- the first one is structure two at Calakmul, which is the largest pyramid or largest structure yeah. of the Mayan um civilization well yeah largest discovered yeah largest so discovered far. so we crawled up that one first because we were thinking all right if it's not we didn't know how busy it was going to be from what we read online Calakmul is not super busy because it's really it takes a real it's a real pilgrimage to get out there um but we got up there and there were quite a few people we'd picked up those two ladies along the road yeah and they were like checking in on us and stuff because they knew I was sick um we just picked up some ladies who needed a ride into the site um but so when we got up to one of those first thresholds I just like looking out on the jungle it was very super emotional and overwhelming in the best possible way for me because it was just so like profound that we had decided to do this thing on our fourth date not this exact thing but yeah, but we like laid out, made a made, made a, 
I mean, made a sort of dedication to each other to do this thing and to be there doing it. It's one of the things I've said too many times I love about our relationship is making plans and actually following through, you know, and really following our dreams, pursuing our dreams. That's something that's always been important to me as like an artist and creator is like if I say I'm going to do something, actually do it. Yeah. I think a lot of people blow a lot of smoke up their own asses, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this amazing thing, and they just talk about it endlessly and never do it. So finding a partner who can support and implement the things that we actually want to do is just, you know, something that's, that's what I've, that's what I always look for, you know, in a partnership, is really getting it done. So being up there with you and achieving this thing that we had set out to do is just really profound and beautiful. I was crying a lot and you took a picture of me crying. (laughs) Of course. Did I? uh, (laughs) Of us together, but I was weeping. I wasn't trying to specifically capture you crying, I don't think. Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, It was like a heightened moment, you know. I mean, yeah, I was crying too. Yeah, it was pretty beautiful. I mean, you can see all the way to, is it Honduras or Guatemala? What's below? Uh, Honduras. No, Guatemala is Guatemala. next country down. Yeah, like, yeah, the, when we got to the top of that first pyramid, just, like, looking out, because the whole time, basically, we were in Mexico, we were, like, driving around in this, it's not really, like, high canopy jungle, maybe, I don't know, like, 30, 40 foot mm-hmm. jungle, but that's, like, you're just in that all the time, except mm-hmm. for when we were at the beach, we kind of came out of it, and... I think that was like the first time we got above the trees because it's it, the Yucatan is like pretty fucking flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when we climbed up that first pyramid structure too, and like looked out over the jungle, and you could actually see everything. It was just like this crazy green sea of like just jungle and trees, and it was just like went forever in every direction. Mm-hmm. and like very very little hills you could see like some little bit of hills and like some of the other pyramids but yeah it was, it was pretty surreal yeah and beautiful I mean it was just I mean if that's why people built those structures you know is to like get 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 above gain perspective see bigger picture I don't know it just kind of felt like a cool way too of like thinking of that in our partnership of like having this perspective that's larger than just us, you know, Mm, kind of bigger than us. Uh, I don't know. I really liked that moment. And then I had to pass out on some rocks for a while. (laughs) It was really, so Tumbo went and kind of scouted different locations out on that first structure, structure two, um, to see if there's anywhere that we could do our ritual, but there were kind of too many people on that one. Yeah. There's kind of a constant stream of people like, coming up and like as soon as those people start to go down another group of people would come up i mean there really weren't that many people maybe there was like would you say i would say like 10 or 15 not even that many people in the whole park it it was just we were on the the main pyramid yeah that's everyone was like yeah coming to see that it was cool people were pretty respectful though it seemed like everyone gave each other like time alone on the top of it and then like went up which is kind of interesting yeah But we definitely realized we weren't going to have enough time to do what we wanted to do up there. So we saw from the top of that the structure one, which is smaller, but still very large pyramid. Um, And 
I wasn't sure if that one was like on the map or if we were gonna have to like bushwhack through the jungle to get there or what. <laughs> and I was super sick still, so I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like the idea of climbing another pyramid was very daunting in that moment. No, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's the one. Yeah. Like I was like, we have to figure out how to get there. That's the spot. Yeah, but then there was a trail to it. Yeah, and it, was... it was one of the one of the ones, but not as um, just not as popular as that that larger pyramid, or the first pyramid when you walk in. So. We walked over there, and I think I was still struggling to get up it, but it actually get, you actually get up pretty fast when you're crawling. It looks huge, but yeah. it's not that bad. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not, they're like a couple hundred feet yeah. tall at max. It's just like the steps are too, too pretty deep. crazy. They're yeah. like, they're tall steps. They're tall steps, so it's kind of intense. But. Um, oh, and there were the butterflies everywhere, which was beautiful. Oh, yeah, that was like a cool sign. Yeah. It's like people buy people buy butterflies to release at their wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was cool that there's some natural local butterflies. Yeah, and I was reading something about how Calakmul has like the most diverse, one of the most diverse like butterfly populations in terms of like the amount of species that congregate in one place. Yeah. And, like two hundred, three hundred different species in just this one concentrated area, which is unique. Yeah, there's a lot of wildlife there. The whole thing, I can't remember the name of the park, but it's basically like a national park. It's like this giant mm -hmm. biological reserve. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think I read that too, that it has some of the most diverse, uh, like, what, was that? remember that thing I was reading that was like, nine of ten large cat species live here, like seven of ten something, you know, it has like a really diverse population of all the animals, like jungle animals that exist there. We heard the howler monkeys, which Temba had never heard before. Yeah, that was really, pretty crazy. Really crazy sounding. They started making noise once we got to structure one, which is the pyramid we actually like did our little ceremony on. Mm -hmm. I like that it started raining kind of in the middle of like doing our yeah. commitment thing too. Yeah, so we've got a jungle rain in the middle and I actually felt, after that rain, I felt like 10 times better. I really felt like a weird cleansing yeah, you definitely Event. perked up. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because the humidity died down or something after it rained or what, but I just felt like, yeah, half, like 50 times better than when I walked in there. So that was nice. And we were able to like explore after we did our, our ritual and yeah, it was really beautiful. And that was very, very special thing that we did. And I'm really glad that we, we did it and went all the way and you know, we improvised to some degree, but had a loose plan of what we wanted to do. We found a yucca plant on top because we wanted to do some bloodletting, but we didn't know how we were going to bloodlet. Yeah, we, like, yeah, we flying, we couldn't bring, like, a knife or anything with us because we didn't put any bags under the plane, so we're mm -hmm. like, oh, we'll just buy one when we get there. Which we did spend the whole day before doing, remember? Yeah. And we yeah. found these cool guys who sold us this small knife, but then we opened it up and it was totally dull. <laughs> yeah, it was like this little multi-tool. None of the hardware stores had like a small pocket knife. They just had big ones and then mm -hmm. this multi-tool thing. And yeah, it was dull as fuck. It was really dull. That was really difficult to try to like, I don't know, I don't, my instincts to not hurt myself are yeah. pretty strong. I mean, I've never, I've never cut myself. <clears throat> in a purposeful way so I definitely didn't think I could do that 
But we did find a, I think it was a yucca or an agave. Some kind of yucca. Something like yeah. that that had the super needle sharp point at the top. So we just pressed our fingers into there and were able to to do bloodletting, blood fluid bonding with that. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. And I think it was cool too that it was a natural element. It was already there. It was also kind of weird that there was a cactus growing in the middle of a jungle on top of a pyramid. Yeah. Well, there was, we saw that one cactus that was kind of, it was growing yeah. out of a tree, right? So weird and diverse, like the plant life and things that were in this jungle. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. So we did the, we did the do. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you feel different coming back to quote unquote real life? You mean back to America? Yeah. Well, it's definitely been an adjustment like at work or introducing you to people as my husband is interesting. Yeah. Um, and also I was thinking about just the experience of being a wife, you know? Because those are like terms that I feel like we have like played with in our relationship, husky and wifey things like that but then to have like gone through a kind of like ritualistic process to like solidify those terms is interesting you know because those terms are like steeped in a history that I think neither of us really identify with yeah they're pretty loaded they're super for... super loaded so I mean there's something that's like I don't know it's like interesting about what we're doing because it's like we don't really believe in like the def the like standard definitions of those terms yet we're gravitating towards them and choosing to identify with them, right? Yeah, I don't know. I still call you my partner. Yeah. You don't have to call me your... I don't care if you call me your husband or your partner. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't change anything for me, really, or yeah. what we are is what we are. Yeah. But it also is kind of fun to call you my husband. Yeah. It feels so grown up. Ooh. <laughs> Pinky's out. What? Pinky's, Pinky's out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing I noticed that was, especially like, uh, right when we got back, uh, Genevieve's birthday was that weekend. Yeah. Like two days later. And like, we had a bunch of kind of mutual friends over, um, for the celebration. And I found a lot of people were like asking me questions kind of about our elopement and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wanted to know like specifics about like our ceremony process and I found myself being very guarded about that yeah like yeah people were like kind of like nudging for more information on this like I didn't really want to like I don't know I was trying to be polite but I also didn't want to give out specifics because I was like kind of this was something for us for us yeah Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah if we wanted it to be a big public dealio I don't know so that was, that was something interesting. I noticed, noticed myself having some, like, resistance to mm-hmm. talking about the specifics of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, a couple people at the party were, like, very, like, well, what did you do specifically? Like, yeah. what, what was the process? And well, like, yeah, and do you feel like there's a sort of weird, um, cyn- not cynicism, what's the word I'm looking for, um, suspicion? suspicion or something where people want to know if we're doing if we've done it legally or like I mean I've had people be like oh so who did you find to officiate down there or like kind of asking how like kind of the legal ramifications of our being married which I think is interesting we've talked about that I feel like a lot 
about not feeling the need to do that unless like for some reason there is a need at some point yeah um i don't feel like i've gotten too much about like the officiating stuff a few people i feel like my sense is that that's people's just like default question kind of thing yeah. it's just like oh this is what people weddings do. are right. and yeah yeah um, or that elopement also includes like you go to a chapel and then you have your marriage certificate from the chapel or something you know yeah kind of like the vegas elopement yeah i think it's just kind of like an in in it in innocent ignorance i guess yeah if that makes sense yeah um yeah i mean i guess i i guess i'm always very happy to explain to people that like we don't feel the need to have the state sanction our union and yeah you know because it's between us the government has no business being in interpersonal relationships i believe i think it's really important to like explain that and take pride in that too because it's just kind of part of our shared ethos too as a couple you know yeah and then we got our rings too. Yeah. The day after my birthday, which was a nice birthday present, our rings from Variance Objects came. Yeah. And, they're beautiful. And they're beautiful. And that's also a nice thing, I guess, to have. That's it's funny because like we, I think I said this on the last segment too. Like we talked a lot about what the rings would mean, you know, what the tradition they're steeped in is about, and what we want them to symbolize. But it, it is really easy. It makes it, I guess, more, like, palatable or something for other people, I feel like. when We yeah. did, we both did this. We were, had an audition this week for, like, a couple's commercial thing. And we both held, we both held up our, like, hands with rings on it when we explained to them that we were married. <laughs> did you notice that? No. We both did that. We were I both, like, we both just got married. both show off our things, though. I don't know. We both went like that. Oh. Sorry, I'm wiggling my fingers up in the air. Because um, it's, like, a... It is just like a very, it's a concrete symbol, right? That's kind of what the, what the ring is. It's just a, yeah. con- a concrete symbol of union. That's what, it, in its most basic form, what it's always symbolized, um, you know. But we're doing them non-traditional fingers. Yours is on your middle finger. Mm-hmm. Mine's on my pinky finger. Got that pinky ring. <laughs> Forget to, I feel like I, we showed them to someone recently and they were like, oh, they're on the wrong finger or something like that. Um, like, no, I remember someone being like, oh, and you chose non-traditional fingers, too, uh, or something like that. That someone said wrong Maybe. finger to me, but, oh, well. <laughs> wrong. Not, not important. <laughs> wrong finger. Um, it's a terrible finger. Wrong finger. Uh, yeah, I just, Poor choice. I just chose the finger that I felt would be, like, most comfortable, you know, on the hand that would feel best. But, so, but that is, like, kind of a, it's like, I don't know, it's like a concrete symbol not that we need, you know, we still, if we didn't have rings, I don't think it would matter either. Yeah. But it is nice to have something that we both wear that symbolizes that for both of us. Yeah. Especially because we've said, it's because I have my collar, my eternity collar, which when you gave it to me, it was kind of a engagement ring symbol to us at the time too. Yeah. And you have, you've said before, like, you don't have anything equivalent to kind of wear or show off or like symbolize our commitment you know so it's nice for us both to have that symbol as well and for those that don't know um when referring to collar we mean like a bdsm collaring uh which is a symbol um that a dom usually gives to a sub um signifying that they are in a committed 
BDSM relationship. Mm-hmm. Or DS dynamic. D- yeah, DS dynamic. And Temba gave me this mm, probably, what, like a month into our relationship? It was when I got back from Oslo last around, around this time last year. Um, yeah, that was something that also came up very early around the same time we wanted to elope. And I, yeah, I always felt like this was... And this actually, so a lot of people in the BDSM community do consider the collar a type of engagement ring, I've noticed in what I've read about it. Yeah. It often ha- carries that connotation or like the same kind of depth of commitment that an engagement ring holds. Um, and yeah. So I've kind of, so I've been wearing that our whole relationship too. And we'll continue to wear it even though we're now. Yeah. Ball and chain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like, yeah, uh, like you were saying earlier, like, yeah, you have the collar. It's kind of like a, yeah, symbol of that. But I don't, I I guess as the, as the D in the DS, I don't really have a, a thing like that, a symbolic thing of our union. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to me, having the rings is nice. And especially since, I don't know, like the style, you guys can't see the ring, but I, it has, it's very much kind of looks like an engagement ring. It's like a band with a stone on it. And I always felt like, yeah, like men's wedding bands and stuff like that. They're always very boring. Like I want something that's fun and flashy too. So I have like a a nice opal Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And it does have the kind of, um, what are they called? Clasps? Uh, I'm not sure what that's called. They're little, like, claws holding it in, which are very, like, solitaire diamond-looking stone setting. The setting. Yeah, Yeah. setting. And then we also had these engraved. Um, This was something when Tembo was first... Tembo was initially going to surprise me with a ring idea, and then he made the wise choice of talking to me (laughs) about it first and finding out my thoughts and feelings about, like commitment rings or wedding rings or whatever you want to call it and we decided we both get them but his initial design included that symbol from Yumi and everyone we know the Miranda July film um that scene with the young boys chatting in an online chat room and the little boy does the pooping back and forth forever sexed I guess you'd call it cyber yeah cyber sex cyber sex symbol so I, Tembo suggested that when he first told me what he wanted on the ring, and I loved it because I love Miranda July. I love that scene, and it feels like a very sweet and innocent, and but yet profound symbol of our commitment and devotion to each other. And I feel like it's fun to show it to people too. And like I don't know, it kind of just makes it, it like it just kind of symbolizes like the lightness that I think yeah. we approach our like union with. It's, you know, I feel it's not like it's, heavy, you know, it's, it's just pooping back and forth forever. It's very us. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> meaningful. It's kind of like a sick sense of humor. Perverted and uh, fun. But also, yeah, very like light and like simple. If you can get past the quote unquote low humor of it, there is something profound and mm-hmm. like sweet and genuine. Mm-hmm. We're just going to pass our shit back and forth forever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It feels right to me. And I really liked that you suggested that when you first told me about the design, too. So, yeah. Married life. Woo! We've already gotten... I think it's like kind of... It's like our first week we get to deal with, like, the realities of the struggles of, 
you know, supporting each other through life's ups and downs. Your car getting totaled, my neck being all fucked up, but... Not the worst. Not the worst. (laughs) And I feel always infinitely supported by you, and I hope to always be able to to support you, you know? And I you. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, so Temba's looking for a new job. I'm hating my job. <laughs> <laughs> and life goes on. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K. Halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps. And Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.